to call him to heel. There'd be plenty of time, pacing after him, hands deep in her coat pockets, to wonder whether her eyes really had been deceiving her, and why this uncomfortable, prickling sensation should lodge in her brain. A different kind of discomfort accompanied her when they set off on the return leg of their Saturday morning excursion. She'd hoped to reach home before the knot of pain swelled to intolerable proportions, but there were no shortcuts. Halfway along the broad, leafy avenue, something like a red-hot poker plunged into her abdomen and sent her into spasm. She staggered to the support of a sandstone gatepost, holding on to its curved finial and waiting for the worst to pass. It would, of course. She could be sure of that. This was not a new experience. It didn't get any easier. Rollo took advantage of these circumstances to charge through the open gateway as if he'd spotted a rabbit. He started tearing chunks from the smooth green lawn, and Liddy was in no position to yank him off. When she called out, her voice sounded shrill and strange. The house itself was Edwardian grand and double-fronted, with a veranda running along one side. The upper story sprouted gables and a turret. Fetching red pantiles clad the roof. Originally built for a prosperous merchant family who'd made their fortune from jute, it had since been divided into six self-contained flats. The occupant of one of the ground-floor flats appeared in her doorway and yelled at Rollo, who ignored her as serenely as he ignored his mistress. Then she saw Liddy clutching the gatepost. Is this your dog? Liddy moved by degrees from the safety of her prop to the uneven, treacherous surface of the gravel path. I've only just... she began. He's still... What on earth does he think he's doing? Digging for victory. He's a bit wild, I'm afraid. No one's ever trained him before. An apology coupled with explanation was what she was aiming for. She didn't want to grovel. I realise that a dumb animal doesn't recognise private property. That should be your responsibility. Yes, I'm sorry. The woman, layered in cardigans, emerged from the shadow of her porch. Just a moment. Don't I know you? As Rollo bounded up, showing no concern for the woman's awesome bulk, Liddy prepared herself for the kind of lecture she could remember well. Daphne Myers had taught generations of girls to hate chemistry, delighting in quashing the lively and the joyful, sneering at their bad breeding as if they were livestock rather than exuberant adolescents. Helen Liddle she said, with the satisfaction of a person whose memory has not lost its keenness. Actually, I sort of morphed into Liddy Rawlings a while back. They'd had similar brief exchanges on the past few occasions they'd met. Most recently, in the Spirit's Isle at Sainsbury's, when each had refrained from looking in the other's trolley. I changed my name when I married. To all intents and purposes, she had changed it at school. There were so many Helens in her class, they had to find ways of distinguishing one another. Helena had chosen to add the A. Liddy was used to viewing Daphne as a figure of authority, 
It was almost impossible to see her as an ordinary human being, a woman with her own disappointments and regrets. She could never have imagined her showing solicitude. Are you all right? You're very pale. And this was so unexpected that Liddy, instead of saying, I'm fine, felt her shoulders droop as she admitted, like a homesick child, Actually, no, I'm not. You'd better come in and sit down a moment, said Daphne, waving her towards the house. But my dog, take a seat on the veranda. I'll tie him up. If Liddy's clear thinking hadn't been clouded by stomach cramps, would she have seen through this ruse? The lonely old woman capturing company the only way she could, like Ariadne with her spider's web? Liddy would far rather have been in her own home, lying in her own bed with a hot water bottle.